Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey guys, we have a $100 AFCO gift card and four LK lures rigged with beast hooks to give away. All you have to do is fill out a short survey and enter your email address in the box below. The link is located on Instagram and at the podcast description. Giveaway ends July 11th. Oh, my birthday, bro. <clears throat> and thanks again for all the support. We really appreciate it. Check out LK Lures on Instagram. They make amazing weedless baits. And check out AFCO. Uh, big supporter, Matt Florentino. Really appreciate it, bro. Later. So, all right, uh, looks like we got all the levels. So, we're ready to go. Okay. Um, welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today, we have a very interesting guy, Matt Peters. Woo. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> interesting. I'll, uh, I'm different, I guess. All right. I, I, um, I know Matt from the DVD. So, like I said, I've only been fishing for maybe 10 years. 10, 11 years. And when I got into freshwater fishing, then the swim bait thing popped up. And then uh, the DVD, I bought that DVD. So I kind of know you on a different level than I met some of the other uh, saltwater guys because I've been freshwater fishing longer and I've seen the DVD and I was like, sure. man, this is crazy. So I really want to get into that. But what I really want to know is you have a, a great, a great uh, freshwater background too. So let's talk about how you got into the whole yeah. tournament thing. Yeah. No. So, I mean, I grew up around fishing as a kid you know young guy my dad was a you know he, he took us camping whatever but i really started bass fishing at laguna Niguel lake in in uh grade school it was nearby you know i grew up in laguna Niguel. Mm -hmm. it was nearby a kid had a bass pro shop catalog it was like the 1986 i can remember it was like blue teal and we just studied that damn thing just because every lure i mean it just it's more about just educating yourself on every lure and what its purpose was as a tool right and, mm -hmm. all, and all the different rods and reels and all this kind of stuff but i went from you know laguna Niguel lake to visiting my grandparents in arkansas who happened to live within a you know stone's throw of ranger boats i'd fly into springfield missouri which was the only big bass pro shop there was Right, so I just had this personal connection to like the world of bass fishing. My grandparents had personal friends who, you know, worked for Ranger, like a, like a, like the controller name is Jack Kirsch. Um, so I always had these opportunities to meet folks at Ranger, including Forrest Wood and a lot of the, you know, Charlie Evans and some of these guys, the OG mm -hmm. 
Operation Bass guys, and yeah, I mean they were they were very. I got to say, you know, they were they were they were larger than life to me at the time, and kind of, uh, you know, they would give me, you know, they would they would, you know, they were they were positive, right? They, you know, they, they willing to help out any way they could, but did they really have a mechanism to help you out? No, not really, right? <laughs> um, which is fine, right? But I, I say that um, because I just I feel like it was just destiny that I here I'm a Southern California guy that had grandparents. I'd fish the White River for brown trout in the rainbows. Up above the White River's Bull Shoals Lake, mm-hmm. right? Up above Bull Shoals is Table Rock. So that White River River chain, which a lot of people know from the tournament days these days, you know, great bass fishery, but the, the river below is a great trout fishery. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's where a lot of bass fishing heritage, I mean, you talk about, you know, anyone from Bill Dance to, you know, of course, Forrest Wood. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, who was the guy that had the White River fly shot from Bass Pro Shop back in the day. Of course, Johnny I know, Morse. Yeah. Um, He's a he's a he's an interesting character, but you know, you, you go back Jimmy Houston, um, all these guys are familiar with that part of the country, and they visit there often. It's kind of ground zero for a lot of bass fishing, so it's just interesting to grow up there and feel like you had a personal connection, and then take that a couple steps further. My parents lived there from like 2000 to 2016. They just got back here, and it's a you no know, has to do with health reasons and a lot of reasons, uh-huh. but but um, you know, so I had a chance when I was living in the South to actually live in Arkansas, real close to you know, Ranger and, and now, you know, you've got champion Triton, them all rolled up in the Ranger. You've got Basscat boats, you've got legend boats, all still there, easy mm-hmm. loader trailers. Um, and now Vexus, is that the, the new, the new, the new iteration, Keith, uh, Daffron's company. The, okay. He's the, he's the grandson of Forrest. Okay. Right. So he's, he started his own and I believe it's technically in Cotter, which is funny cause that's such a small town to have a boat company <laughs> in this little spot. But, um, you know, that area has been a big influence to me. I was just back there with, in fact, Kevin Matson a few months ago. Yeah, I we, saw those. The man, that was. Some we got great, some mag browns, yeah. and that'll be hopefully in. The, well, not hopefully. It will be in the second movie that I'm working on if I ever get it done, <laughs> and I don't, you know, procrastinate or just spin myself into, you know, spontaneous combustion over all these. I bet thoughts and ideas, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I tend to just have way too many thoughts in my brain, and I can't. Yeah. I can't focus, and that's you know that's neither here nor there. But um, has it been a lot easier uh, filming now with the technology compared to previously? You know, it's it's interesting because I'm looking at your setup right here. So I still think a tripod in the back of your boat with a non GoPro. I mean, of course, we can talk about mirrorless and DSLR. Yeah, oh, yeah, awesome. that's where I got. Way so better. I got screwed right here because I'm like, yeah, I can use this one. Well, I'm fucked because after 29 minutes, it's off. Because of the memory card or? No, because DSLRs won't go longer than 29 minutes. Interesting. So I bought that first to do the filming here. So then I bought this Canon right here. It's a Vivex, Vivexa. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I I have that exact same one for my whatever. So I'm like, all right. So this one, there's a, you can buy buy an interval meter and you can reset it every 30 seconds. And I don't, the only reason I'm using that is so I can get me going, asking you the question. So like that would be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what I kind of wanted to know too. Is like if you're doing a second one, it's got to be somewhat easier to to film. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's funny because the first one I you know the GoPro was around. They were just probably at a one dot two dot version. Yeah, and I you know I mean I was doing stuff in standard def, and there was just bad information floating around with my little consultant guy that. <laughs> You could, I mean, you could technically have a standard def and a high def camera work together, but the ultimate product would have to be standard def, the lowest mm-hmm. common denominator. Right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I was thinking, oh, we have to keep everything standard def or high def. Like you couldn't intermix, and it was just a stupidity. On- and that's kind of with audio recording is like where I would record at analog. I'd used to record my drums analog, 
then dump them into digital. Well, it turns it digital, but you still get a higher definition. You get a different feel with the, depending on what you do. So you might use a higher definition than standard, but you're still going to have a different feel on that. That's right. For audio, at least. I don't know about video. No, it's it's it's, it's very... So, I mean, made a lot of mistakes. You're right. The, the technology is different. No. Yes, I have. So for number two, I have got way better. You know, now I'm using 4K, right? Yeah. We've got GoPros that we can put underwater. We can put them on the head of your trolling motor. You can put them in creative places. And I think that's... You know, a little bit of the secret sauce of us all is, is some people just seem to be better than others at social media or taking <laughs> pictures or video or doing anything <laughs> in front of a camera or a microphone. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not trying. You know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm just shocked at the lack of creativity sometimes, or the kind of you know unoriginal thinking, or just kind of people copying what's been done for the last hundred years. Or do I mean, you think that's that's part partially because of like Instagram or social media? Like, there's a lot more people attempting to do stuff i do you know and maybe because you see someone else do it you think i could do the same thing better and maybe it isn't better but but look at the role models right so who's the best who's the best social media guy you can think of at the highest level god i don't know. and i don't even follow these guys will smith no 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 no. no. i mean fisherman i mean a fisherman. fisherman uh so who i follow a lot who's who would be like somebody? a like a bass or an flw or a major league guy Iconelli. They, they all have social media. Yeah, Iconelli's got a big page. He's got a personality, and he's got yeah, no, no, uh, love, yeah. love him or hate him. Uh-huh. He's got color. Remember when he came on the scene? Yeah, this, <laughs> I'm going to be frank with you. A lot of guys who tend to be, I say, southern or more conservative yeah. in flow were really like, "Whoa, this boy's," you know. He's not like us. You right? watch like, you watch those YouTube videos, and you would see him just getting ready to throw down with oh, the dudes. He, out. Well, he stomped on a flag in the in the, in the middle of the, <laughs> of the of the of the classic right kind of oh, a bonehead God. optics, yeah. but. What I'm what I'm where I'm going with that is that the fact that he had personality, he was outside the box and was real. He had emotion and passion and drive, and he 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 was outside the box of this like tucked in shirt. I only can can thank the military and my boat for getting me back and forth today. And mm-hmm. very you know, and I, I mean no disrespect, but I'm saying I feel like a lot of the professional bass fishing has been controlled by you know outside forces and these anglers are very inside the box and it has to do with going back to the social why, why are social media and with bass fishing sometimes or fishermen so kind of lame Look, <laughs> they, they don't have any good role models yeah. I mean, it's only recently we started taking pictures or doing artwork of anything besides grip and grin we're all hold, like yeah guys holding fish is the is like that should be your most personal in your bedroom <laughs> next to your wife and her boudoir <laughs> pictures right like like you shouldn't be posting grip and grin the majority of the time is my thought, is my ethos these days, right? That's very selfish. It's very self-indulgent to just be, look at me, uh, versus like, look at the release shot of like yeah. my hand or look at this kelp and some awesome fish tucked away in the rocks or people are, are waking up to these. these and art- I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to say, I, I, it, it, it's it, hard, look, it's easy to do. It's <laughs> look, like it's, it's, and I mean that you got to take with what I say with a grain of salt to be like, everything I'm going to say is probably true for some short moment and probably untrue and I'm guilty of it. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. a hypocrite. We all we all have hypocrisies and contradictions. It's how you, it's how you deal with it, and how honest you are with yourself about them, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, right? Hey, I could I can talk about all the environmental stuff I want to, but hey, I'm still burning fuel. Yeah, I'm still consuming plastics, right? So there's degrees of all this stuff, but at the end of the day, just being conscious and 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 and. <sighs> having the character and integrity to address these things head on instead of we can't even talk about that stuff yeah we won't even we can't even we can't even handle this conversation because you know we're gonna think for you or or you know we that's just not appropriate for us we don't talk like that around here it's like no 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 you don't get to i don't need your approval 
to think. I don't need your approval to be my own person. And I think, again, I think a lot of the the bass fishing, these guys just know with what they've seen in this. You look at the sport, and I just I just don't think it's progressed far. It's been around for long enough where, hey, guys, there should be more people making a living, and, and things are coming around. And Which I, I feel like Oliver's done a pretty good job of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oliver, no, a, I mean, he's done a... But think think about where he comes from. Big baits. Yeah. He has nothing to do with tournament. And yeah. The, and, the, and, the, and so think about the traditional bass fishing... <laughs> Folks, they don't like big bait swim bait. Hate right? it, hate they it. can't control us. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> well, 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 young man. <laughs> we were like, like, wait, we're going to tell you how this works. All right, this, yeah. like, this it has nothing to do with glitter boats. It has nothing to do with how cool your jersey is. Yeah, how how many flames are on your jersey? I mean. <laughs> The graphic design of people's jersey drives me nuts. Yeah, how, how, you know what I mean. And and I used to wear a jersey with, you know, Kenny Huddle's logo, Huddleston, and I'm I'm the furthest thing that anybody would ever talk to, like as a Christian, right? It's this, it's this, all the, you know these fish. But uh, I was like, I like the compromise of it. I was like, look, yeah. don't you see? It's a there's there's a there's a there's some there's some soulful thought here if you think. But you know, in in the grand scheme of things, um, I'd like to be part of a you know, look, I, I want to help elevate fishing to a to a higher place a more sophisticated place like you know help people experience it help people educate help help come from a little smarter than like you know you know we're in god's country god bless the outdoors and look i'm, I'm kissing i mean god bless jimmy houston right yeah did you ever learn a single thing watching his tv show i mean guys fishing on private ponds and, and i love hank parker i love these guys but the same guys are still in charge and kind of still the guys and i'm like I'm not trying to, you know, I have a lot of respect for the, what where these guys have brought the sport, but I feel like it's been very selfish. It's been very like, okay, a couple people have benefited at the top and the rest of everybody are paying their, you know, pretty much subsidizing these guys at the top and these guys at the top are in this power grab for control, <laughs> i.e. Johnny Morris, i.e. <laughs> you know, Forrest Wood, i.e. these top level yeah. tournament organizations. Like, you know, I mean, when I when I read things that, you know, I, I I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you know, there's this, there's all these these goofiness. I'm like, these guys have done pretty darn well, right? You know what I mean? As far as you know, we all pay our entry fees. We all pay big money for these boats, and yes, there's a lot of value into these boats and things. But the 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 inability for these guys to take return on investment of sponsorship seriously. Mm-hmm. So like, if someone gives you ten million dollars to to represent, and you can't figure out a way to tell the anglers to go, you know swipe your card before you fill up with gas so we can prove to BP that their $10 million actually generated yeah. $100 million. Uh-huh. Why has that never been... I mean, like, have you ever had a, seen a major tournament organization actually have you track what you spend from a sponsor? Track, trackable, quantifiable. Yeah. And these guys have been conveniently leaving out the return on investment of sponsorship, I think, purposely, because that money that they get, I don't think they want to know... They don't want people to know where it goes. And that's none of my business, and I get it. So these are private organizations, all that kind of thing. But when you start talking about elevating sports to higher level, having true professionals, having... So turning the sport into more of a professional sport than it yeah, is Yeah, like just... Major League or any any other any other sport. Yeah, like these, yeah. these, these, these numbers are kind of auditable. There's, there's, there's more of a... You know, you've got more of a... Um, I compare it maybe to like... If I could think of something I'm really into. MMA. You watched it over the years, kind of like where where even they got screwed on the Reebok. If I don't know if you follow up, but Re- they did a deal with Reebok and it was horrible. Hmm. But the same thing, I get what you're getting at is the the sponsorship and you know making this revolutionize it a little more to come up to the time. How many you know? how many sponsors? I mean, and I'm, not, I'm picking an FLW and I love them. I mean, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I say like you know, and I mean this genuinely. Like I I am I like having hard 
awkward conversations, especially as it gets into business and the finance and the yeah. the technical marketing side of professional fishing, bass fishing. You know, Kevin Matz and I talk about the crossover th- crossover thing into saltwater. We we can get into that as far as I like do that definitely whole, that whole thing. But the I you know you you've got to be comfortable to be like yo you know if you looked at how many sponsors FLW has had from from wrapped boats. I mean it's it's got to be in the like. What happened to Banana Boat? What happened to the Snickers? Like, and I, oh, you know, there's always some context that someone wants to walk me through about merger acquisition or yeah. I'm like, no, no, because you never made an effort to say go buy a Snickers bar and then put in this code and it'll say that it came from a fisherman and voila, we've proved our value. We've, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that like no nobody who's ever sat in a real marketing conversation of millions of dollars. Someone, they're always talking about return on that investment. How do we track that money? And somehow in bass fishing, that just never comes no, up. Yeah. And I'm not buying it. I am not <laughs> buying it. There is something that doesn't pass the sniff test. They don't want us to know where yeah. the money's going. And look, and it's private business. It's none of our business. But when you're telling me when you're when when we're paying, if we're just paying for our own pot money to fish against what you know what value do you bring as a tournament organization we'll bring our own scale how how long did you did you fish professionally so i was relocated to atlanta georgia in 2005 i was Mm -hmm. 27 years old i was working for a software company in aliso viejo doing really well and i got the opportunity to like hey matt you want to be the regional director and get in the field and just run the southeast thing i was like whoa gnarly i've never been there Mm -hmm. i so i packed up my suburban towed the boat got to Got to Atlanta, and this uh, is already you already started as a as a you were already entering tournaments. Well, at this I, time. I mean, I had fished in San Diego. I had fished through college as an amateur. Done really, you know. God, I got to fish with John Murray and yeah, you know, Dean Rojas and Aaron Martins. You know, all the guys from the West. I felt very you know as an amateur, right? But but it was I was in college. I was clearly on more of a as much as I wanted to fish, you know, in college and out of college, go work for Ranger boats or, or Mercury or whatever it was. Um, it became pretty apparent to me. I'm like, dude, I gotta just get a job. There is no, there is no career here. There is no college bass fishing yet. There is no industry that can support a young sales marketing guy. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be truthful, I'm glad there wasn't. I mean, it's for, it forced me to get into the software, which I totally was not a techie guy. I'm still not a techie <laughs> guy, but I've learned to like totally live in this technology world. Software, you know, I can I can get into why I think it's better to not have a career in fishing and. You and know, that's why kind I kind of derailed you a little because yeah. since we're talking about the sponsorship and stuff, I kind of want to know how your career went. Oh, and I'm how kind of yeah. you know, no, and I don't want to feel like I cut you off in the no, beginning, no, no, no. but it was more of let's get back to that same conversation because I liked it, yeah. but I want to know how you started and then get back to that conversation of this is how payment works because people, I don't know, when you hear how hard a struggle is for a, a professional tournament angler, I mean, people might go, wow, that's that's really fucking hard. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm yeah, no, and that, So I'll let you keep going. Yeah, though, yeah, no, that, and that's my intent, kind of with the, the second. Great. My second video is to kind of share my story, like my personal thing, and like, for, you know, take this for what it's worth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's it's this is my story. Now, had I caught fish on this day, my life could have changed. Or had I done, you know, l- let me get back to how I got there. So, yeah. 08 comes around. I've been working hard in Atlanta, traveling, selling software. The world's melting down. I'd made a bunch of money. It was clear to me that. I could probably, I had the finances to just support myself for, you know, I had like a hundred grand in the bank, say, right? Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a Suburban that was only a few years old. I had an older, like a 2001 518 Ranger. And before I resigned from my job, I was smart. Of course, I got the financing to get a new, I got a new used boat, like one of the one of the team boats from the year before. So you get the Ranger Cup, yeah, all the good stuff, right? 
Um, I, I rented out my house in Atlanta. I sold off all my furniture and put everything else in storage. And I kind of, you know, I went after like, hey, I'm going to fish full time. I didn't know what that meant, right? So I, I knew I was going to fish the FLW. I knew I was going to fish whatever I could get. The opens, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's only so many, you, you know, yet I couldn't, I, I suppose you could pay to play at the tour level, but not at, you know, certainly not the elite level. But, you know, I went out there. My first event was Okeechobee. I mean, the first. No sponsors yet? Oh, you know, well. Did you have sponsors at this time or not a, not I a legit sponsor? I, I mean, I never have had a paying sponsor that was worth even mentioning here right so so when i like i've gotten great i've gotten great i have great product sponsors right? yes. i work with some of the best swimming guys in the, around and i've had i'm very blessed tackle warehouse those guys have been so indirectly those guys pay for, you know but that's more of an affiliate relationship through the blog which i'm thankful to have and thankful to perpetuate and i hope to keep doing that. i think it's great when you look at the model guys like tactical bass and have used you know what i mean like hey it's you talk about a, a said product you show that it can be used well and how it's in these different conditions and you have a link that people click on it, it links in the taco warehouse they get a credit of it that's their driving net new incremental sales showing a product in use i mean god forbid a company like you know i mean i'm, I'm strike king or you know i don't care who it is yeah. had video of their own products being used yeah Winter, spring, summer, fall—not not one session on some private lake with some ding dong mm-hmm. with the GoPro, right? We're going back to the technology. GoPro is awesome, but as you know, it's so zoomed out. It's so like you, you're not you're not catching fish blowing up on stuff. The audio's not good. Yeah, yep. people that are doing just GoPro are single dimensional, right? So that's that whole like you need a GoPro. You need a now you need a mirrorless camera. Just don't even go DSLR. Yeah, exactly. Right? You need a good point and shoot. I mean, I mean, iPhones and all this stuff are great, but. I don't know. I'm one of these guys where like I want to have all my tools. I want to have an underwater drone. I want to. Have, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of messing around with friggin' um, like PVC pipes and different floaty floaties to have to like. Hey, when, when we're fishing, especially Let like in the Calicos, there, huh? we'll we'll just throw a camera out when you when every time you reel in, you get a school of fish at your bait. Like I think, I mean, to me, that's the video, and those are the screen grabs and this artwork and the the real life stuff that we're totally missing. I mean. They have these kids that are following around these pros at like the FLW, right? And they're, they're great kids, right? They're, they're, I mean, I'm sure they're, they're paid and they're, they're following around. They take these great photos, but that, that didn't happen until not that long ago. It's like you open up any Bassmaster or any fishing magazine, it's always, it's either guys on stage, guys mm-hmm. holding fish, or some ridiculous, sorry, I got away from the microphone, or some <laughs> ridiculous thing where the guy's bending over the rail in some like super pose grab, like he's, you know what I mean? Like this, this, this victory. And again, if I guess if I was the guy and I'd won the million dollars, I'd, I'd probably be like, "Hey, that's a that's a cool pose, right?" I mean, selfishly, <laughs> but I've never been in that position, right? But I'm like, I just I'm still like, why? I, I just I just I'm shocked at the lack of creativity or the lack of being able to show the sport and better. You know, surfing is super photogenic, right? You can you can take a picture of surfing and always look awesome, and fishing can be, but it's like not on stage. It's not. It's got to be on the lake, and it's got to be, you know, the guy casting, making a sick skip cast under. and then you know what i love seeing is when dudes are setting the hook and that fish is barely coming out of the water that's right that's kind of that what first i love boil seeing. or surge it's like or... oh here it comes you know that's more like oh fuck yeah that's right. then it's like that's cool seeing that you know yeah and i feel like yeah some people uh, i feel like sees he captures a lot of that you know yeah. and i like i like that no, he's yeah. he's he's very mindful of 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 the of the pictures and the video. Same with Matson. I mean, oh god, Ke- Ke- Kevin Man. Kevin doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to think about. I mean, he's the guy that just wants to be clear headed. He has. Yes, he doesn't have any stress on his mind from work. Right. He's been at the same job for thirty years. God bless him. I envy this. I just love it because I'm always I'm like Kevin. If my, I wish my head could be clear, it's just yeah. that's just I'm a, I'm the exact opposite. I have all these going 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 go go go, go, go just by nature. Then I'm in digital software 
craziness as a career, and I love it. It pays me really well, and it's super interesting, and it's tied to current world politics. And quite frankly, what we're going to be talking about for the next 50 years, at least the rest of my lifetime, will be talking about what's happening right today. Exactly. So anyway, getting back on, on, on target, I feel like you know having good friends that and, and people you fish with that have some skills in the boats to do to take your photos and stuff but but having people like i'm working on putting up like framing and different types of ways to have cameras on gyroscopes or tracks that are simple saltwater proof marine proof you know what i'm saying but if you had thick pvcs and mounts and clips and stuff that you can use these mirrorless cameras and the dslrs as almost like you're using your 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 tripod in the back of your boat but mm-hmm. now you're 10 feet closer and you're you're getting the best of the audio you can be more zoomed so if you're on a bite and you have your buddy standing behind you as you're filming your your swim bait stuff or over your shoulder and you're on a bite that's killer footage i mean that camera that's right you know over to your right right over to like, your right like, uh-huh. a foot, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like up here is is the is the perfect angle and it's just i mean it's it's hard to fix it's you know. and to film like that like uh we did a pilot uh me and it was me bobby martinez eric bent jeff leafson it's still getting edited i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen with it sure but the footage i got to look through it oh my god we had three boats Mm. So it was like we went to PV, we went to, and some of the footage just of we had drones, we had everything. It looks so fucking cool, like it's crazy. He's from the side and another boat, kind of, but the money it takes to do that, like I'm not, is like crazy, right? The coordination and, and, and yeah, it's like well, and I think I think guys have you know, let me let me let me let me make sure I'm clear here. So like when I've talked to Oliver and mm-hmm. I, and I, and I know it frustrates to hell because he spends all this time and they, they capture and create amazing edits and vids, but it doesn't get the, he doesn't get all the play sometimes that he thinks it should versus somebody who just stands in front of a pond and says, and actually narrates through it, talks through it. He, cause that's my style. I mean, people saw, I mean, I'm like, I'm, and I'm that's like, what I like is that I love the talking and you know, what I really liked about your DVD was the music. Wow, I love the music. Too. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I mean, as a guy that's <laughs> and I'm here, like, I love, I love that. It's something different too. It was like something a little different. It was meant to be like a tip of the hat to be soulful. To be, I mean, and, and again to be like, like uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, when I was out here in Appalachia, the furthest thing from anything was gangster rap or hardcore <laughs> punk or flat yeah, bills and exactly. fucking. Nar- I'm like, it's not. A, it's not. It's it's you're being you're tone deaf if you're if you don't understand app, the Appalachian connection and bluegrass. Right, yes. and as a guy, like again, like if 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 a southern boy want to come out here and and show some props to like Tommy Curran and some of our you know Skip Fry and some yeah. of Joel Tudor, some of our favorite surfers, we'd love to see that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know yeah, what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's showing respect in my mind, right? Um, but no, I'm I, I'm I'm an acoustic bluegrass kind of deadhead guy. So I mean, that was Jerry Garcia yeah. and David Grisman. So like a bunch of you know, I was like, dude, I want to I want to. You know, I want to educate people on. I mean, I, I, I kind of, kind of think of myself as like, and I hate, I don't want to. It's not about politics, but from the left, I feel like the the sport is so damn conserved, and so from the right that it's like, guys, we don't need country music, and the same old, same old, or some like we don't need. I this this whole like thing's got to explode and flash, and people have no 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 attention span. Yeah, I get it. But you're like, well, but you don't you, like you're perpetuating it by 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 just agreeing with it and not doing anything different. So, 
I mean, that movie's two hours and 41 minutes, or maybe it's even two hours and 43, all of it. I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you. I, I, I watch it these days, and I laugh my ass off. I can't, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did, went like this. And I can't, like, how, I mean, the... So let's get back. I want to go ahead. It's there. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I'm all... You no, know, I'm I, all li- I love me, it. Keep, keep I the rails on me. I love it because <laughs> I'm so interested. I keep asking a different question. So so you're, you started um, fishing tournaments. You quit. You quit your job. Oh yeah. You did all that. You get your boat. You start entering the FLW. I literally had a boat and a truck and all my gear. So like I was, I was, I could load up and just I was, I was on the road, right? And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how long or how far I could make this last. But you know, hey, I got a hundred grand in the bank. Um, I got a boat and a truck. I got a boat payment. You know, I mean, you, you can, you can, you know, my operating costs per month were a couple grand a month. So I'm like, hey, I can, I can make this last, you know, at least a year or so. Yeah. Um, you know, that first year. I mean, I learned so much. I mean, I remember cashing. I cashed like a $10,000 check at um, Eufaula in Alabama. And it was like my second, I think it was my second like tour level. And it wasn't the tour tour, but it was called the, it was the BP series or the series events, FLWC, not BP. And that was, I mean, that was the big boys. And you got to remember that in 2009, the world was melting down literally. Literally Wall Street's melting down. We'd invaded the wrong country. I mean, the whole world's on fire. And... The the bass fishing sport is is limping along, albeit, but but you don't have a bunch of Joe Schmoes competing. People are fighting for food on the table and to pay rent and stuff like this. So I felt like the field that I was fishing against was like the creme of the creme at at any level, and we didn't have great participation. You'd have 130, 120, 150 man fields versus today they're drawing 200, 250 all day or day, right? But like you said, you had the top dogs, all the top dogs you're fishing against. They, they were heavy, heavy heavies in this super competitive. It wasn't like there was lots to go around. It wasn't like they were paying down and like you know, everybody gets a trophy, right, Matt? Yeah. You, wink, you know, you give me give me a little elbow. Yeah. Like, oh, you liberal guys, everybody gets a participation. I'm like, bro, I didn't never got a participation trophy nor a participation check. Let me just be clear. You know what I'm saying? So that that was that was you know, I was very proud to compete against those guys and. I, I mean, I, I look at those moments, and I, I mean, I finished I, my, my my best performances were my rookie season. I had a top ten on a on a on Santee Cooper. If you've ever been from if you've been to Santee Cooper <laughs> and you're a boy from San Diego, uh-huh. and you don't have someone to show you how to run around, I mean, you're running through flooded cypress trees, cypress stumps. You talk about intimidating. You know, what I mean, how to how to run through these places? I mean, drooping friggin' moss on the trees. I'm in a campground. Literally, guys are talking about having their clan papers. I'm not kidding you. Oh, like, just crazy backwoods stuff. Like, yeah, man, I got my papers. I'm like, what the fuck? You got paper? <laughs> my boy nudges me. And he kind of he kind of fills me in on what, what, what homeboys talk about, his papers. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can. <laughs> I mean, just the tone of the comment. You can just, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Wild, wild. It, it's wild. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, you, you take it all in. I mean, you're like South Carolina. I mean, the place has 1700s American history. Revolutionary War monuments. We don't have those out here. Except wow. For, Maybe Father Junipero Cerro and the, and the Mexicans, right? Yeah. But it's it's a whole other it's a whole other world out there. It was humbling. It was educational. I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I I don't know. I'm in this. I have this mindset. I want to try to unify the country through fishing, and that's a really broad stroke to say. Right here, I am. I mean, I'm the first one to just badmouth <laughs> lately, but it's because I have been out there and took it on the chin, and was the first one to be like, "Well, you guys are sure hard on this guy that seems to be pulling us in a recovery." And really hard on this, you know. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm forgive me. I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but I, I, I just personally, the world of fishing, I feel like, is super aligned with with things that I'm not. And frankly, it's going to hold the sport back. It's going to hold the sponsors back. People who are sophisticated are not cool with. <laughs> 
conspiracy, Q anonymous, <laughs> yeah. automatic guns, and a bunch of it's just it's just straight not truth and reality. Really, I mean, these people have gotten themselves the pendulum swung too far right in some cases, and you know, again, as as it relates to the sport, I don't want to be part of something that's that's associated with white trash swastikas and rebel flag stuff. You know what I mean? That's no, 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 no. I, yeah. I put too much effort in. I have too much invested in this. But like, I'm not going to just roll over and let you guys think you own it. And that's, I mean, that's that tournament mindset. These guys who like the more the the big the big level tournament guys, they've got their own thing going on. And that's where the swim bait big bait kind of derails these guys. They're like, well, we, we, we don't so know anything about when, going to ten inch bait. What are you, you talking were, about? When you were entering the tournaments, were you throwing big baits then? Oh man, I was throwing big baits every chance I had. And yes, but I, I, I mean. If you want to talk about lessons learned or mistakes, it was like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I should have been throwing more boot tails. To yeah. put it to put it frankly, more more Kai Tech, more Bastrix, more more the simple stuff. But I, I, of course, I'm like, I'm all poo poo. Like, well, I want to throw a triple trial, bro. I want to throw the, <laughs> I want to throw, the <laughs> throw the vortex tail. I'm so, you know, I'm sold, bro. I'm, yeah, I'm bringing a longboard to the pipeline and taking off on a drop knee turn, bro. Like, you know. But that being said, like, so I had amazing results. In some places, but I mean, a lot of that was trout eater driven, right? Not tournament lake driven, right? So you go to places that have trout, and that was that was what the DVD was about. It was like, dude, there's amazing trout eaters out here. Yeah, there's trout eaters all over the country that aren't being tapped. That's a clear. People have to get the trout eater. So when you talk about swim bait, you have to be like, okay, we're talking about trout eaters. Yes, no. I mean, the workflow literally starts. Yes, yes, yes no. At the top, are we talking <laughs> trout eaters? Yes, no. And then go from there, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of again my second. I have the, I'm kind of trying to simplify the breakdown here. And what does a non trout eater lake? What lessons can you learn? And for example, like throw the swim senko, put on a darn swim senko from Gary Yamamoto five inch one with one of those screw lock owner hooks to make it rig it with. Throw it on straight fifty pound braid on a light action eight footer to whip that sucker out there. Reel it in on a slow grind or and fish eat the hell out of it. I have I mean reeling a worm. I mean swimming a worm like. That I don't know why they eat it so well. It's so unnatural. Yeah. But fish eat the heck out of it. Now, are you going to catch a 19-pounder doing that? No. And to Ken Huddleston's points, you know, if you're going to hunt big ones, that vortex tail and, you know, even in like a Okeechobee, I could I could go through an area, fish the swim sanko, and go catch 15, 20 fish. I go through that same area and not catch a Huddleston fish for five days. But when I did, it was a nine. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was but still you but but I mean it proved the point but it's like in a tournament situation it's just like dude Kenny I'm not catching I wasn't getting three bites I wasn't getting five bites I was getting one every you know twelve or sixteen hours of hardcore chunking versus going through areas and and, and getting a two or three pounder and you have these areas and you get these milk runs where you can do some kind of empirical testing and that's that's why I think is key with what you're doing we've got to have real data points mm-hmm. and real video and real people. To back things up, this can't be well. You know, I mean, fishing used to be all about like people are like it's it's funny because people want to hide information or provide <sighs> disinformation, information warfare. Very relevant topic, right? Yeah. In the in the world sense, think about information warfare in the world of swim bait fishing. Guys who <laughs> guys who maybe catch a fish on a bed and then they hang a swim bait in their mouth. Guys who maybe snag a fish and do do even weirder stuff, or guys who transport fish from one lake to the other to claim fish records. And I mean, there's all kinds of dirty tricks that dudes fishing with live trout, fishing Wild. with live crowd draft. Wild. Who knows, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a. I mean, mis- fishing and disinformation, misinformation is a really, you know, we can all relate to it, right? So it's it's something that the more. The more information that's out there that's got video footage and people to back it up, the better. As far as like. 
I'm not trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes. I mean, I mean, if I mean, I get it. The people are fishing for a living, right? There, this is what they do. But if you, I mean, these guys at the highest level who, who can't go to an event, fish it, and then become clean on what they did to fish the event, that blows me away, right? Come, yeah. like, come on, guy. Like, like you were throwing a drop shot. Like, like, like you know. I mean, I mean, some of these guys are so secretive at the highest level. It's boring. I mean, like, like to socialize with these guys, like, well, I guess we'll just talk about nothing. You don't want to talk about your fishing. Yeah. I don't agree with you on basically anything on a social level. Just fishing. <laughs> and, and and the fishing stuff you guys give me is either misinformation, disinformation. You're, you're conveniently leaving out the juice. And, and, and it, you know, it just didn't, you know, there's times it just doesn't feel like it's a give take. It's a, it's a, it's like, oh, I'm going to suck all this swim bait information and juice out of you, but... I mean, not okay. going to give anything back. Throw, throw a flat build, or not a flat build. Throw throw a flat sided crankbait. I mean, it's a, that's. I mean, it took us forty years to extract that out of the North Carolinas, right? <laughs> like the Carolinas, <laughs> like they, they mean like cold water is it's flat. It doesn't it doesn't wiggle like a round one. So yeah. that, that it'll push against the water, and therefore it's more subtle and it's better cold water finesse crankbait. I mean, that's, <laughs> that it took us forty years and a thousand of us networking and you know what I mean to get to this. Get that and I'm, information, I'm, yeah. That's hyperbole, right? That's yes. that's me talking. But I'm saying that that's the thing, like like I'm okay with sharing information. I want to perpetuate the sport. I want to be seen as more of a sportsman, a gentleman, versus like I'm not the guy with the. I'm never going to be the guy holding a, a million dollar check on stage. I've had to come to grips with that, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Right? I went out and I traveled. I, I I fished this thing. I made it for four years on the pro circuit. Getting back awesome. to that, right? Congratulations, man. Well, I, I was self financed. Nobody paid me. No, <laughs> nobody paid me money. It's still good to like be able to fish that. Oh, I mean, it, was, it was the time of my life. It was the risk of my life. And it was the education of my life. And I would do it again. I would do it again and spend twice the money because it was it was the education to myself about my own fishing. But it was more of an education to myself about myself. Being able to see myself from outside myself, my own mistakes I made in real time, and will and continue to make. But at least I'm conscious of them and can try to react better or, or or get off the, you know. I mean, some some of the, I mean, I had like 20, I was in 10th place after day one of an FLW tour event on, on Okeechobee. Yeah. And I've been practicing for like a month and this was after six years of, go, or four or five seasons of going out there. So this is like a culmination. I was like top 10. I mean, I'm looking at the list. I'm like Roland Martin. and I, Dude. I mean, I shouldn't have looked. I shouldn't have, I mean, I just, like day two, I damn near blanked. I mean, I went from 10th oh to drop to like 60th. And it was like, I literally, I mean, I have never been like you, you've, that movie uh, uh, with Joe Pesci. I think it's Casino. Where, like he got his nose busted. He's like the guy's busted wide open down here in the casino. When you're just like, <laughs> you're drunk, you're angry, you're hammered, you hate the world, everything. Yeah. And, I mean, I was just one of these guys, and I, I mean, I'm looking back at this and thank God that I made it through the night at the tiki bar that night in Okeechobee with, amongst my peers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bar. No, with the tiki bar in Okeechobee, which is where all the fishermen are, and I got these guys ribbing me for fucking flushing down the toilet on the day. and I mean, you know you can only take so much of that ribbing before you <laughs> blow right and oh man so it, it all good but um you know i've, I've had people kind of you know rib like hey would you do it again did you you got spanked and you had to go back to california ha ha you're like what like what are you talking about i got you know, sp- i tried i was out there like and you the know thing you is, tried you ch- you check you know? there's times like and this is it's and no, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna give you some deeper thoughts so oliver the dream the dream machine I love that, you know, that's his brand, that's his thing. But it, when you check a box on one of your dreams, i.e., hey, I went and fished something, or I went and I want to go pursue this or that, and now I'm 42, right? So mm-hmm. I, you, you, when age, you can look back on things. But I checked the box, and it's like, now what? It's this weird thing. So, like, once you do, like, you can, you're going to achieve your dreams if you work at it, you're going to achieve it. And then yeah. you got to be like, well, shit, now how do I keep motivated to keep going? Because I've kind of already now done that. And, I mean, Oliver seems to have this dream and keep he keeps pushing him and driving him like and I you know and 
he seems to wake up every morning fired up as you know he lives yeah. a real healthy lifestyle and God bless him right like I I, I think there's but I on the other side of it I'm like. I do want to talk about feelings and emotions. I do want to talk about the mental side of a lot of fishing. I do want to talk about the rights and the wrongs and the industry and the sports and blah 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 blah. But I, I, um, I'm sorry. I kind of get. I'm kind of bouncing around here. But I, I had a train of thought on that. Um, but but well, it's 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 when you it's when you've achieved your dream when you when you've kind of done what something next, right. What the heck next? Yeah, I get, open that window tight as fuck. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm warm too. Yeah. <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. That's the next investment in air conditioning on this thing. Oh, yeah, no worries. No worries. I, I tend to run warm myself. <laughs> oh, go on. So what's next after the dream? That's kind of what... Well, and that, that's what it's been, right? So the hardest part for me has been it, it was after I did that. So it's, it's now it's like, oh, man, I got to go back to software. I got to start at like a mid-level where I left this the industry on a high level. Mm-hmm. I got to fight my way back. I came back to California. Basically, all my friends are married and whatever. So like, you know, just getting your social life, just get together, getting my career back together. And just kind of being, you know, a little bit burnout on fishing. I put all this into it, and I felt like, hey, as much fun and, you know, it, it it wasn't it was. I put it in the moment. It's not fun. Tournament fishing, I don't find as fun as swim bait fishing. Right? Like mm-hmm. I can go throw swim baits for days, not catch one, and not be, not be bummed about it. But in the tournament, it's so stressful. It's so there's so much anxiety. At least for me at that time, as a, when you're kind of financially dependent on these things, you've got a lot invested. I'm feeling like the, the like the universe just hates me. Everything I'm like, you know, that year that so that, that I choke at Okeechobee, the <laughs> other event that I was already. I mean, the reason I signed up for the tour, you know, you're, you're gonna you pick your events. Like, well, I'm gonna yeah. probably suck at those two, but those was Table Rock Lake, right? I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna smash him at Table Rock in May, warm weather, triple trout, bang! I'm gonna I'm gonna have my chance. What happens that tournament? <laughs> Canceled. Flood. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that fucked it up real good. For oh you. yeah. No, and not to mention that flood wrecked my parents' property down river oh, too. God. I mean, it was like biblical stuff. You're yeah. Talking, I mean, and, and you take this, and I'm like, dude, I'm not a Bible guy, but I get it. Yeah. I get how yeah, people have yeah, these yeah. beliefs and feelings and stuff like this. It's the human experience is just a trip. Um, but anyway, like so I, I, th- those four years. I mean, at the end of, I remember that last season I fished. Where I was doing, and again, not that, not the, the upper level, but I was doing like those strand series. I mean, I could cash a check in every single one of those events. But you're making when you when it's all said and done, you're maybe breaking even. Bare, you know what I mean? You're not making money. You're certainly not paying for a mortgage or something on this kind of living. And truthfully, you know, my advice to the young people is: I mean, may, get a career, have something you can fall back on, exactly. especially out of school. Go, get started in something so that you have something. Because if you just try to get into fishing and you never got a job that, like, you got a couple years of experience, you could put on a resume and feel comfortable walking into any day of the 
after after the rest of your life, it's hard to get that back. You know what I'm saying? These guys, these guys just get out of school, or they they don't they don't apply stuff, or it's not gonna be college, it'd be high school, whatever. Get a trade or some kind of a craft that you can kind of lean on and hedge your bets. I mean, everybody's got a different situation. If you have a, a wife or a girlfriend who's willing to travel with you, and you don't have kids, and you're young, and you guys can somehow fund it, whatever, rock yeah, out. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're trying to drag your wife and kid around to the country to <laughs> fulfill your dream and you're 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 robbing peter to pay paul and living off of credit cards like it's not fun like and i tell people about the tournament lifestyle i'm like dude i had to like literally living out of suburban having to pack i mean i got it i got so fresh it's like trying to put on your boat cover on and off every day except it's unloading your like it's like unloading your house (laughs) it's like moving i'm like i got my uh, living room family room and garage inside my suburban so i gotta move that in and out of the hotel room every six seconds it's awesome and i'm uh, and i'm getting my ass whipped and and i'm you know like i'm throwing away four to seven grand every time i'm doing this so those were the, <coughs> excuse me those were the dynamics right that i found like hey look at the end of the day i think these guys who are traveling and doing the full-time fishing thing are awesome and i wish i was i mean i wish i was one of those guys i don't think there's any i mean god if i could catch him like like uh who's this young kid i'm i'm trying i'm thinking his name the kid from indiana um jacob uh Jacob Wheeler, mm-hmm. right? So I met Jacob as a young kid, and and just to see him progress, and it's this really interesting connection to it. He has a friend of mine. Um, he's, he's we have a mutual friend named Sean Weeda, who I bought my skeeter boat from. In fact, he's okay. a, I met him on the trail. So he was he's a guy that was kind of similar. He was a corporate guy. He he you know he had money, and in '08 he said f the world too. Yeah, and he went fishing. So I met him on the kind of on the, on the scene, right? He's the same. You guys way, are hey, the man. same. Yeah, same yeah, story. Same right? same yeah. same DNA. So he was a personal friend of Jacob Wheeler, and Jacob Wheeler just shows up a high school kid one day. And just starts whacking fish out of out of out of Sean's boat, practicing for Lake Champlain. And I remember thinking, like, oh, this kid's a real good fisherman, and and da da da. But he just had such nonchalant faith that everything was going to work out. And sure as hell, I see him on TV a couple years later, like in that, in that Red Man All American. And mm-hmm. now he's just he's as big as you can get. But I, I see these guys; those guys are making a living, making a great living, and doing a great job and living the dream. And they're in a comfortable environment. There's not it's it's not easy for a dude from San Diego or or SoCal to exist in in these different places, yeah, right? Yeah. There's guys from there's guys from Northern Cal like you know um, Justin. What's Justin's last name? He fished for the he fished for the um, oh man. Um, anyway, it, it, it's it's interesting to see the anglers who've gone west or gone from the west to the east. Which ones stayed? Which ones have mm-hmm. come and gone? And which guys that kind of it fit their DNA to be out there, right? Some guys that's just hey, they were already kind that's of okay. from yeah, they were already kind of like did. Luke Lawson. He comes from like Spokane, Washington, kind of a rugged rural place. Like he's he's a he's a great fit in the South. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of us, we I mean, I feel like we just, we, just <laughs> we couldn't be more awkward. You know what I mean? You're just you're just you're just I completely bet. sticking out. But um, so you know, the, my 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 time. So I fish. Uh, full time for four years. I tell people you spend ten grand to make five grand. That's kind of how the numbers work. So you're kind of slowing your hemorrhaging. And when I was done, I was kind of convinced, like, ah, it's, it's really hard to make a living in fishing. You probably, you know, I don't know if you can do it. Now, fast forward to 2019, and you walk around downtown San Clemente and Dana Point. What's everybody wearing? Salty crew. Salty crew. <laughs> That's exactly right. Salty crew might be the bra- the the straw that broke the camel's back because now all of a sudden you got cool kids rocking this they got the surfer vibe they've got being it's it's making fishing really cool it, right yeah, i agree right and i i i'm just i'm 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 in the mindset now like i don't know maybe the sport will actually blow up from the kids up and i'm i'm glad to see these saltwater influences and this kind of this kind of dovetails into the crossover fishing i bought a skeeter 
bay boat that's got a trolling motor. So it's it's a badass saltwater bass boat with high gunnels is what it is, yeah. right? And it's a sick swim bay boat. It's a sick all around. It handles rough water. It, I mean, people in the freshwater should be running these boats. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I think the boats these guys run on are dangerous. I don't like bass boats no more. I don't. Run, I don't like riding around in them. They're no. shallow. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Okay, if I'm going to go on San Vicente to go fishing with you for a day, cool, right? But if we're going to go fish Lake Mead in a tournament, like Damn. running running 70 miles an hour in rough water in those things, it's, <laughs> it's it's literally bad for your body, bad for your back, bad for your ears. Yeah. And the and the risk factor, I don't know, man. Some of these guys should be boat racers and boat drivers <laughs> and not fishermen. I mean, it's like yeah. it's like there's something about that blast off. The guys just they won't give an inch. I mean, they don't. I mean, it's just I don't need to die. To run to a, to a fishing spot, right? I mean, the, the, the beach of, are there, huh? Well, the side waves, and you get in some of these, like, you know, the narrows in Lake Mead. You got the, you know, the waves are bouncing yeah, back and forth. Yeah. The guys in boats, boats could easily flip, flip yeah. bow hook. There's all kinds of, I mean, running in the fog. I mean, I remember running on Lake Seminole in the fog with stump fields and stuff like that. I mean, they just let guys go, and if you slow down, you got 100 guys behind you. It's just a, it's Scary, a hell of huh? a deal. Yeah. And, I, you know, again, the, I, I love tournament fishing. I love the competition, but I, I and when there's things like, do I miss any of that stuff? Like, no, man. I, no, no. I mean, and that's why I think it's like fishing at the highest of levels. I mean, they have advantages. They don't think they have to deal with things. You're not, you're not having 300 man fields. They have to go rip roaring across. You don't have, um, you don't have a co-angler in the back, right? You're not, comp- you know, you know, you don't have to worry about the angles and the guy in the back of the boat doing something that yeah. can mess up your game. So there's all kinds of benefits at that higher level. But look, I think those guys, I have my hat is off. I am, I am just like it tickles me to death to see guys on TV or on the internet today and be like, dude, I know that guy. I hug another guy. I fish with that guy in that, that one cove in that one spot. Or, yeah, like Randy Tharp of all the, you know, the guy's a heavy, heavy, heavy. Him and his wife, sweetest people ever to me, and they have no reason to be other than you know we I hung out <laughs> with them on the you know kind of like on the on, they camped out a lot. I would camp out a lot. We'd see him in these. You know, we'd spend the same months or two in, in Okeechobee and stuff, but I got to meet a lot of really good fishermen. I really appreciated the respect that they showed me, especially on the big bait thing. Of course, they wanted to know. They wanted to learn. I was glad to show them, glad to talk about it. It helped me crack the ice to be able to ask them a question or two just to get like, dude, how do you like, so this, this yeah. eelgrass thing or this, yeah. this whole punching thing, give me, you know, throw me a bone <laughs> here, right? Like, and, and there's, you know. I'm I'm always interested in the super deep in the weeds. Like, wait a minute, you've been fishing a crankbait for 20, 30 years, and you don't have anything super deep to say. Like, what yeah. are you thinking about when yeah. you're out there? Like, are you just you know what I mean? Like, there's certain like we go out there, we spend all these hours, and then people just want to like see like high level fish pictures. They just want to talk. You know, like you don't ever want to have an in depth conversation about a square bill. This specific one, in fact, <laughs> like like there's a I saw this post the other day by. Um, Who's homeboy Rago? Danny Rago? Yes. The, the, right? He's a... Whew, that boy slays him, right? Yeah. He's got two slide swimmers, right? Two trout color sliders. And he's like, learn one bait and learn it well. And I'm like, you know, thank God. You know, it's like, Jesus, I throw I throw sliders. I throw huds. I throw triple trout. Uh-huh. You got a couple tools and you've learned... I mean, I you know, you have to know how to fish that bait in current, at night, on braid, in the dark, in, on all these weird things knowing you know having bait control having bait awareness having good running baits that you just know how to control them and, and how to stall them and how to keep neutral buoyancy and how to work the bend the bow in your line to get a better swim you feel like a lot of people don't do that nowadays and they just throw huck baits maybe well yeah i mean i have a whole mindset if you're not throwing braid you're just screwing up on 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 on, on 80 of things now if now you're on sw- swim bait you if, you're, if you're yeah all i mean hard baits especially even even hoodies really? i caught i caught i caught my 
So let me let me give you some empirical evidence. I caught a near ten pound brown trout in the middle of the day on eighty pound braid straight on a Huddleston four months ago. Wow! In February two thousand nineteen, with witnesses in the boat, we have it on film. You'll see it, <laughs> Matt. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Kevin, same thing. He's throwing the Gancraft slider, yeah. right? And so it's the so what braid provides you. It's it's harder snaps, harder angles more radical turns it's like having it's like it's like going to baja with one guy's got two wheel drive one guy's got four wheel mm-hmm. who's going to go down the gnarlier trail and get to the sicker spot on the beach yeah the dude with the four wheel drive yeah, right of course. would you rather you know yank a vehicle with a steel chain or would you rather use rope chain right you're gonna you know what i mean if you had to do something dramatic yeah. to, to move something yeah. right it's like that's the difference between braid and like mono i know that fluorocarbon has some you know like if I'm going to go to Lake, you know, Lake Poway or Lake Dixon, some like legendary trout eater, like Lake Miramar and hunt for the one, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be throwing braid. I'll probably be throwing a heavy fluorocarbon slow. Now that's slow grinding a HUD, right? Looking for the bite, a rate of fall zero with like one nail weight or my, or the, my trap hook rigging that gives enough weight to just make that thing sick, suspend, slow grind. You're looking for the bite very, you know, you know, that's a very finessey kind of presentation mentality. But other than a slow grind HUD, on braid and it's 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 a it's a it's it's almost a, it's a cre- it's creating a reaction bite with your swim bait by fishing hard fast and then throwing a huge stall mm-hmm. in the middle of it just fishing it so quick and fast and hard and then killing it and the fish just have no it's like if you and i were standing right here and some amazing supermodel just walked by naked we would turn our head there's no we have we, i mean not by not because not a disrespect it's just gonna, happen. It's just gonna happen <laughs> So you put a you put a quick moving bait you know something like that in front of a bass and make it move really really quick and then stop it he's gonna come over there and they don't have hands so they they tend to interpret the world with their mouth whether or not they're trying to eat that thing is yeah. to be determined they're just trying to grab it and see what like they don't know how to else to interpret the world is the way yeah. I look at a lot of big bait stuff a rat same thing they're, like, they're not necessarily trying to eat that thing they just kind of pull it underwater see what it does or like they're they're, they're curious little creatures that yeah. They don't have hands. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that, because I usually hear people say no braid uh, mono or, you know, 30 pound mono, 25. Yeah. So it's a good to hear someone else's perspective. You I know, mean, like, Ke- I mean, when Kevin and I fished Lake Mead, we're, was, was, you know, and the first thing we, I mean, I was like, he meet, he picked up a frog rod of all things and started fishing this frog on a couple grass mats. And I was watching how I'm like, dude, you and I were, we're on the same <laughs> wavelength here. You, you literally point at your lure and you real hard, like six, 12, six, 12, six, 12, yeah. six, 12, six, and that. Right, that's cre- There's no rod in it. It's yeah. all. It's all. Re- so a, it's saving the the body fatigue part of big baits. I don't know where people like where this conversation went. You know, this is again deep, part two DVD. Like, you don't just want a rod that can throw your swim bait. You want a rod that can make it throw that swim bait easily. Yes. Can you throw it for twelve hours? Because if it can just barely get the job done, you're not going to throw it very much. <laughs> and these 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 companies, these big companies, are manufacturing swim bait rods like. Over freaking gun them, overdo it. Like, yeah. like yield on the high side, not on the not on the gutless side. Put on freaking guides that are saltwater grade too. By the way, if you want to not be idiots, I mean, I've had a couple. <laughs> I've had a couple situations where I'm fishing like these. You know, come to find, I have a bad guide or something because it was just cutting a corner. Right? Yeah, but you, you know, snapping off a slider on a rod that should be. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude, you don't build a nine foot rod and not put fucking. <laughs> Put on decent <laughs> hardware, right? So do you do everything custom now if you buy a rod? So performance tackle, right? So yeah. those guys have really educated me a ton, right? So I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm fishing with Phoenix blanks. I'm totally stoked. You hey, know, fishing love with Phoenix. Phoenix. I'm right? a big Phoenix guy. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I was fishing Phoenix doodle rods and the Ivino stuff in the 90s. For, uh-huh. I mean, I still have my, my, they're like wall hangers. It's artwork. It's, <laughs> I mean, Don Ivino is a big influence. And, yeah. You know, uh, my friend Cameron Smith 
from Dana Point. In fact, that's how I got fishing tournaments in California in Dana Point. He was I was in a high school class with him, and oh wow, you know, we just happened to start talking and turned. I mean, he's a he was a stick rods. Yeah, no. Well, uh, so yeah, my new my new news. I mean, I'm I'm kind of messing around with wrapping my own stuff, not because I've learned a ton from Tommy over performance. I mean, I'm I'm just totally. I mean, that's why there's a market like the low down customs guys, these these F five guys, whatever. Yeah. Like, no one's making eight and a half nine footers with the right components. The custom, you know, it's not that. I mean, the custom. I'm, I'm. It's interesting because I, I like rods sometimes with short handles, and I like them with long handles. It yeah. depends upon the application, right? If I'm just, if I'm doing a lot of cranking and winding, I want that. I want that big long rod handle for the for the. It's it's literally mathematics. It's the it's the triangle, right? Of the so I can when I make a cast, I can I can keep the I can keep my my weedless swim bait running higher in the water column perfectly. The perfect swim at at a longer distance with a longer rod. It's just mm-hmm. it's just literally facts. Now we have these fast gear ratio, low profile rods. So I feel like just mathematically, I'm covering more water with a better swim at a better distance. What? And they took it. The tournament organizations have taken away the eight foot rod rule. Thank God. <laughs> so why not? Why are we? Why are we not fishing with eight and a half, nine footers yeah. more? Why, why? And and these and these people that work in the industry, they're like, oh my gosh, we we there's not enough market for these things. I'm like, if you guys aren't nimble enough to create. You know what? What? Yeah, what's low needed. down. I feel like lowdown does a really good job with rods. You know, oh, dude, that, that guy. Yeah. That guy hooked me up with a couple, and he's using Phoenix blanks, I yeah. believe, right? And um, he gave me a couple, and I was blown away. It was the first time I got off these G Loomis bounce back rods I was using forever. <laughs> I was like, wow, these things are really nice, and they can throw the this bait. He- you know, they were they're they're more beefy in some cases. So you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit when I was doing my DVD, and, the, and I mean, I was locked in my own world, kind of fishing old school classic gear that was it's heavy, it's bulletproof, it's 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 not the most ergonomically awesome you know a 400 te and a 966 loomis is like my fishing's changed now i'm fishing a nine footer with like a 400 low profile right I'm, i like that the like shimano trance, tranks yeah. i like the i mean the okuma whatchamacallit that that their ss or komodo the ss komodo yeah, yeah. yeah i mean those things are dope i mean the 400 series I'm fishing a 130 pound braid, straight braid on my slider out there on the on the calcos. Why? Because because 120 is only about 15, 17 pound diameter. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is breaking that thing off on a hook set or on having a double or a, tr- or a triple where I I cut on something sharp. I don't like fishing with leaders if I can get away with it. I just don't like the knot. I don't. Yeah. Like, I just don't like it. Um. So that's been my workaround. Is I'm fishing heavier braid. I keep it black. I fish it hard. But that I mean, it's just I get. There's no reason not to right with all the snatching and all the cleaning of your hooks going through the through the kelp and all this stuff like i've broken 80 plenty plenty wow. of times i mean it's, it's one of the things like i don't want to have to retire every hour or two yeah i'd rather have to retire every four hours even with 120 i'm gonna retire once or twice throughout the day people yeah. don't it's that first couple feet of your line the, the, the repeated casting it's your bait flying through the air your hooks nicking on the on the line that first couple feet the split ring who knows what the heck it's getting weak on exactly but i've lost some amazing lures like just being a dummy and not retiring you could, people and just thinking like oh i got 80 i'm good it's like no no like uh-uh. it's 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 all relative right like yeah. it's 50 if you just straight pull it but if you you hit it with a slice nick that Done. that break yeah that break will cut like nothing right so yeah there's there's always you know context to be to be aware of right yeah but, um anyway what else did you want to know about i have another question go ahead did you get this we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up did you get flack from recording that uh, DVD, the first one over there on the lakes. The people kind of oh, give no. you shit at all. No, no pretty I mean, cool. I mean, it, all things considered, I mean, I tried to be respectful, not even drop lake names and just kind of high level. You know, yeah. it's not that hard to figure out where we were fishing and. You know, no, I, I mean, for the most part, people have been very respectful to that's me. That's cool. And I, try yeah, to be, I just wondered if that's nah, something, you know. No, nah, I mean, there, I, I mean, every once in a while you hear 
some negative whatever but it's funny because the times i go back and i haven't been back to some of them in a while i'm thinking oh this bite's done it's it's already played out i'm like there's not a boat in the parking lot i mean i went so one of the lakes my cherokee girlfriend will mm-hmm. call her i go back there like you know a couple years after the filming with 80 pounds straight braid kind of proving these series again i got on film i've, I've posted to you some of these sessions we whack them just again like like it doesn't it's it's all about like you know you know Hey, it's it's warm weather. I've already I know I can get them on triple trout or the rat. It's already there. Mm-hmm. But now with braid and fishing faster, you know, with more radical turns, more radical stalls, being able to if you get hung up in a in a wood something with braid, just pull that sucker clean, right? You're not you doesn't ruin your cast. There's all kinds of weird advantages. Yeah. And I just don't think it being eighty pound that's kept very black, even in the clearest water, is extremely low profile if you let it be. But if you if you're gonna slow grind a HUD off points uphill, that's not the choice. But if you're going to use it kind of as a power bait, reaction bait, fishing, power fishing, fish your braid. And I mean, I mean, I, 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 from saltwater to freshwater, I don't care how fresh. I mean, I go, I mean, and I'm, I, I can't, I can't make claims to fame like I'm some big fish guru or I'm, I'm catching tens all the time. I'm trying to get my fishing back on. But where I think I'm strong is I have a bunch of applications of swim baits across the country and mm-hmm. now into the salt. And I'm kind of simplifying the approach of like, look, you know have a slide swimmer have a gancraft have a ms slammer have a rat have a huddleston have a triple trout have a triple trout cut tail that's kind of where i'm at mm-hmm. some you know a lot of the same tools a lot of little little offshoots of my of my current tools um but that's that's kind of you know i mean i still i mean that slide swimmer I and mean, what are some of the lessons of the slide swimmers like think about how quiet that thing is it's got it's got rubber in the joint it's not i mean we should be looking to dampen our baits not make them more rattly really you think that i heard people say the opposite that's well, I mean, and of course, right? It's, I mean, it's just, arguable, it's right? Just, we all have, it's but, just uh, something so, so good. I love hearing so the different perspectives. So, all where's the, time, the you know? proof, right? So, like, and that's where people are like, well, it's in my, the pudding, bro. My, my uncle, one time back in, you know, you're like, bro, where's your video? Where's your something? Like, I don't, I, don't tell me about some story because I don't trust you. Yeah, yeah. Because you're too much of a pay to play tournament yes, guy. I hate yes. to say it, but until you've established some credibility, and if you're out there posting stupid stuff that's not even true, <laughs> Then you've really lost, your, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, right? Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big like, you know, if you think somebody's a bad person, prove it or say something like, or if you have a theory, back it up with something like, for example, yeah, you know. And I think that's that's you know what we can do to to elevate the sport and elevate the talking points and and to kind of there's a lot of big data around fishing. I mean, some of my earliest swim bait things, these were guys that were taking. Like, dude, why would you go and throw anything but a swim bait or a jig or a big worm? Those are the baits that catch big ones. Yeah. Right? Like, like there's number. Like, you don't go throw a drop shot. For, I mean, there's certain <laughs> things you can do to play the numbers. Don't go to that lake. Don't go to El Cap when, you know, Poway's got the 19, right? They're not, the 19 is not going to, I mean, there's all these different numbers that you look at the smart guys that would play the, you know, moon phases and time of year and what lure to be throwing at what time. It's, it's really not as complicated as it appears to be mm-hmm. especially when you get into the trout eater giant trophies you're like dude these guys are there's you know that's right what um so let's uh when is you do you think your second dvd is going to be <laughs> so the good news is i'm moving to san diego and the reason that's good news is because i'll finally have some space to spread out and have my get hopefully have computers and hard drives i've literally probably got like six or seven hard drives <sighs> that i'm trying to manage into one single right you know because because editing video is just a pain in the balls because it's, it's hard to focus and do but it's hard to know <laughs> it's, it's hard to inventory no because you only you know where that stuff is mm-hmm. right and that one clip that you said that funny thing at that one time that one so 
it all comes down to you and then have you, you just can't have access to seven hard drives from one computer at the same time right you're unplugging replugging on and on you've got to run it through a tool to actually do the encoding and the so not only do you have to have access to the video but you've got to then put it on your local device in order to manipulate it so it's it's just a lot of work that's a lot of focus and truthfully i'm just you know i'm guilty of just not being focused motivated and nor have i had been able to tell the story I, i'm not sure what the hell i'm trying to t- say or do here with this but i know that my experience of living in the south and being a california guy and, and doing what i did and coming back i have a, i just have this perspective on hey guys i think a lot of the division in this country is not real i think it's been kind of perpetuated by our enemies and i'm trying mm-hmm. to get people to like look look we have people that are stoking things and pushing things that are not and and unfortunately some people tend to believe it more than others and i don't know i, I it, it really like i say like i want to see fishing be awesome and, and be a sport that's not associated with you know i don't know white supremacy or just stupid stuff yeah i mean stuff that we solved 100 i mean like dude we, the regression in some cases like dude i no, no, no. I, I don't need. I don't need guys who are okay with these things, right? I'm not wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm, no, I'm not okay with this stuff, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And your so, voice and your opinion. I that's think right. That's cool. That's right. You know, I mean, I have nothing to lose. The guys who are totally, uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're, you know, if, if someone could cut your, your 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 sponsorship check tomorrow if you said something, of course, and you're that's not the game. Say anything, that's yeah. the game. I'm like, uh, that's why I like having a job outside the industry. Well, thank God we're not sponsored right now, so I can say whatever the <laughs> fuck I want to say. That's right. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on, Matt. Uh, where can they reach you at? You can reach me at southernswimbait at gmail.com. That's probably my, my best way Instagram, to And your Instagram, southernswimbait too, right? I'm at southernswimbait. That's okay, right. great. Thanks again for coming on, man. Hope we can get you on again and talk more. We still got a lot to talk about. Uh, check him out, guys. Check out his DVD. It's probably one of the best swimbait DVDs I've ever seen. Amazing. Uh, help support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Thanks, Nick.